It's the Fire Zone Show coming back at you. Coming off of a Ravens win up there. Steelers, I was about to, I had to catch myself. I was about to say Heinz Field, and that is not the name anymore. I'm not sure. Accra Shore? Accra Shore Stadium. Don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it now. Whatever the name, uh, Ravens went up there and got the dub against the Steelers on the road. Uh, we're here to talk about it from the defensive side of the ball, as always, joined by Denard Melton, the man, the myth, his legend. What's going on, man? How you been? Been good, sir. How are you? Can't complain. Had a little bit of a DMP for the last game. Uh, <laughs> we didn't have a show, but we're back. I was I'm a back. DMP. Coach's, coach's decision. DMP. <laughs> you know, sometimes sometimes we need a, we need a mental break. Yeah, and the world it requires it. Yeah, yeah. Had, had to sit it down a little bit, but we're back. <laughs> Going to talk about this game. Uh, defense showing up and showing out, man. Three interceptions, <laughs> some sacks mixed in there. Uh, really shut down the run game. So another another solid defense from the unit. Individual guys making plays. Of course, we'll talk about that. Um, anything you, you I did want to kind of let you talk about this because we talked about it off the air a little bit before we get into the individual uh, position groups as as we always do. Um, that point you made about changing quarterbacks, people know by now that Kenny Pickett was the starter, got knocked out of that game. Money making Mitch Trubisky came in and was giving it up. Um, but you made an interesting point to me about being on defense and whenever there's a quarterback change in game. Yeah. So, you know, when you all week, and coaches will give you coaches speak. They'll say, oh, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is or preparing for the system. Stop. Stop, stop listening to that. It, you know, yes, it's a system, but you are taking away their strengths in terms of how that other team is going to call plays towards your weaknesses. So you game plan all week to take away his strengths and to protect your weaknesses against what they may do a little bit better than you do. So as a defensive coordinator, you've game planned all week. And then all of a sudden, the guy that you have game planned all week for is no longer there. So now you have to readjust your game plan and how you're going to call it. And oh, by the way, you have to get your players to dump everything they have learned <laughs> over the last uh, 108 hours of 92 hours of film study about Kenny Pickett and how they're going to run an offense. That is very, very difficult. And for them to stand on their heads and only give up 14 points in that transition is an amazing feat. And I would like to com like to congratulate Mike McDonald because he made a decision instead of trying to find what Mitch didn't do well and try to take that away. He made the best decision, which is I'm going to let Mitch have quote unquote, the 20 to the 20 where I'm going to have an advantage is I know what they're going to run in the red zone. We've practiced that all week. You're not going to change that. 
for this guy. So I have the upper hand on that because I know it better than he does. So that's where I'm going to make my stand is in the red zone. I can complicate things because the speed of the game is different. The spacing is different. And he's got to process things. And we saw that, particularly with the queen interception, where you talked about this. You brought this up to me. But it's just kind of hilarious the fact that he never moved. He never left where he was. And anybody who's watched Raven games understand that Queen likes to move around. He likes to disguise, like keep his feet moving. He may have ADHD. We won't go into that. <laughs> At the end of the day, the man likes to keep moving and like doing things on the move. So the fact that he was sitting still leans to the fact that they understood their assignments inside the red zone and how they had to protect the red zone in essence. Basically, just setting up Mitch to fail. Yeah, what I like <laughs> when you brought it up because I didn't I didn't think about it initially, and when you brought it up and you started to explain it, I said, you know what, that makes a ton of sense, and it's kind of consistent with what I think, just my opinion, this part, what McDonald has been doing over the course of this season. He's been growing. Mm-hmm. over the course of this season you know it hasn't just been well this is what i'm going to do and just rigidly this is what we're going to do whether it's been with players moving guys around kind of see what they do well what they you know maybe don't do so well whether it's been with certain calls in certain situations okay i did this maybe i got a little too cute trying to do a little too much we dial it back keep it more basic he's kind of been growing and adjusting over the course of the season too. And I wondered when you were describing that, if this had been earlier in the season, Mike McDonald, would he have played it differently with Mitch coming in versus where he is now having some of the stuff under his belt that he's learned, you know, going up to what are we at now? We 13? That was 14. Yeah. 14. Yeah. Would, would he have, been different you know if it was earlier in the season as we saw some of the the ways that he called games and some of the things he tried to do earlier in the season and how at times you know seemed to kind of backfire a little bit <laughs> you know so mm-hmm. i thought it was interesting when you brought that up i was like you know i wonder if he <laughs> you 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 if you don't some of the stuff we saw in the dolphins game <laughs> well it's it's if you there are certain coaches out there who would have stuck to their game plan? They would have ran the stuff they ran in practice because that's what the guys would have understood. And we'd be looking at this in a different way where this team just got, you know, lost a very winnable game by like 10 points and everybody's going to be wondering like, what happened? Well, defensive coordinator didn't adjust. He called a game on the premise that Kenny Pickett was the quarterback and not Mitch Trubisky. Well, why didn't he make the adjustments? Well, that'd be a great question for that to ask him. Mike McDonald has learned over the course of 13 seasons that if you're not willing to adjust on the fly, not just on the fly, but from a, from one play to the next, you're going to lose football games. If you don't make that adjustment quickly, 
You're going to end up like Miami. You're going to end up like the Jets. You're going to end up like the Giants. You're going to end up like Jacksonville. You're unwilling to make the adjustments in a split second and say, you know what, i got to call a different game. Then you're going to have those mixed bag results. But he has put those things together and said, you know, i got to make a decision quickly. And he made the right decision. And I think that's from, like you said, just over time, he's he's used the knowledge that's been acquired to apply it properly as he's moved forward. And some will tell you that is the definition of knowledge. It's the application of mm. learning, not just the learning, not just the information, but how you apply it. And uh, I think we we got another example of him and that growth path that he's on. You know, DaCosta says that all the time. They want players with growth mindsets. I think that applies beyond just players, too. I think they just want that kind of mindset in their organization. You know, people yeah. are always looking to learn from mistakes and get better and um, kind of never really be satisfied with where they are. Um, <laughs> that, that's the whole really that's that's the whole industry <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i mean uh because if you if you've got the other mindset uh you're probably not gonna be around for long so no um so let's get into these position groups because you know obviously there's some 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 big plays that were made at certain groups um and we can get into those but the defensive line for me and you know you can talk about several of the guys there's always a couple of like under the radar guys that, that I like to talk about. You know, we, you notice some of those guys too. We've been talking about broader Washington for weeks now and kind of the kind of simmer, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like a pot on simmer on the stove. You know what I mean? It may not be boiling where stuff is jumping out, water jumping out the pot, but it's just that low simmer. That's going to be consistent every week. He's going to show up and make his plays when he's on the field. Um, quiet as cat. Urban been doing that too, especially in the run. Yep. Show up. Well, well, here's where I feel like the change from a three-man front to a four-man front has helped everyone. It's allowed Campbell to not take a beating inside. Think about playing a five technique in the NFL. You're getting banged on by the tackle and the tight end a lot. You're getting double teamed on a regular basis. So that's a pounding that you have to hold the edge while getting double teamed to allow your outside linebacker to do what he needs to do in in the scheme that you were playing before. With the new scheme that is now in front of you, he doesn't get double teamed very often, if at all, unless they are base blocking, which Denver did, which is a very effective thing to do against four-man fronts if you've got the offensive line to do it. But other than that, most teams don't double team the three. They just don't. They don't double team the one very often unless they're, they're you know, running at them. And you don't run at Clay's Campbell, so, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, so – I think with the change up front with four-man front has allowed guys to be fresher, has allowed guys to be less 
beaten on, allowed him to be more of a one-gap kind of control freak. But it's also allowed guys to be who they are. Broderick Washington is nothing but like, he, he just puts his anchors in the ground. He's going to go forward. There are very few times he goes backwards on a double team, if ever. And you, if you single block him, he, he's going to make the play. Yep. What that has allowed is for Justin Matabike to be a man-child inside. At any point, he feels like being a man-child. <laughs> he is free to do what he wants to do because Broderick Washington, once again, we go back to a line about four or five weeks ago. The guys, Mike McDonald said, and you said it on this program a number of times, the guys in front of him don't lie. These guys don't lie. Robert Washington is going to be in his A-gap being a man. He's either going to make the play or he's going to take care of two guys. Matabike, he's going to be in the eight, in the three hole. He's going to B-gap. He's going to make a move in the B-gap, but he's going to be in his B-gap. This has allowed both guys to be dominant inside and allowed it to be a four on three inside in terms of D tackles and linebackers instead of being a three on three with a possibility of being a four on three over offense lineman because the double team due to you know to the five technique. So that schematic change has helped the entire D line do what they do best and allow them to be not one-trick ponies, but use their strengths to their best of their abilities. Instead of asking them to do something they're not very good at because that's the structure of the defense. And I think what you just described really also shows up. I mean, it shows up both run and pass, but it really shows up in the run game. Um, Because, like you said, you have these guys who don't lie to the backers behind them and they've really been doing a good job in terms of being in their primary gap, getting to their secondary gap, you know, when the ball, when the ball moves, um, taking on those double teams, really being aggressive on taking on that guy, right. Attacking, mm-hmm. attacking the post guy. And then the drive guys got to make a choice. I'm either going to stay on it or I'm going to go. Yep. And, you know, now um, the linebackers are able to come down and, a lot of times those guys are clean. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're getting there clean, making tackles, or um, they're able to kind of slip blocks. We know we know Queen likes to do that. Uh, Roquan does it sometimes too. Roquan will use his hands a little bit more, but he he'll, he'll slip some too when he knows he can. Um, yeah. So it just it just gives those guys more opportunities to make plays and they've all talked about it when you hear individual guys on defense talk about how they're just there's you know they, it's like they're fighting over tackles almost <laughs> because nothing is getting past the d-line <laughs> you know now, I mean? there's, there's a lot of penetration up front with a lot of those guys up front and jpp i don't think he gets enough credit credit man i was gonna say because i did not think he was gonna i, I should say i don't think I didn't know how he would embrace some of the stuff they were going to ask him to do. Cause it's not he, all pass rushing for him here. He loves it. <laughs> you could tell he loves it too. Yeah. He, he's being asked, just be a man out there. Yeah. Just manhandle him, but I need you to be consistent in a run game before 
you go get the passes. And he's accepted that. He's just throwing tight ends, just throwing them. Oh, he's oh god, he's out there just. He's taking one arm, shoving dudes. Meanwhile, he's got the tackle kind of in his like kung fu grip. Like you ain't going anywhere, and you can't run to his side. You, you know how hard it is to find D ends who just anchor. And just just tell the offense you're you're just not coming this way. No, ball's going back inside. Got going to. back inside. Got to. <laughs> and you're just like, wow. And I, you know, I hope a a way I, I feel I don't want to say he's lost his way. But they're not asking very much of him right now. I don't know if that's by design. Or if they're trying to scale it back for him. Right. Because maybe it's it's sort of like a, a space that Queen has been in at different points in time where it's like, hey, maybe we got too much on the plate right now. And we gotta take yeah. some we gotta take some stuff off the plate so that you can get good again at one or two things and kind of rebuild that confidence. And then we can, you know, gradually put some stuff back on the plate. Cause yeah, it had to be, it had to be an adjustment for him. You know, you're coming into the season with expectations as always. I mean, he's a former first round pick, so he's always going to have those. Um, had a decent rookie year, you know, made some plays early for sure. Those first four or five games, he, he was making some plays like game changing type plays. Um, but you come into this season and I mean, you're playing a lot early because of the injuries that they have at the position. A lot of snaps, too many snaps. Yep. Then they're able to kind of dial that back as guys come back healthy. And, you know, we all were expecting it, so I'm sure they were too. Like, okay, now I'm about to eat, right? I'm, I'm going to be playing a more, more regular, you know, number of plays. I got these other guys across from me, you know, Jay Houston and these other guys. I'm about to eat. And it just didn't play out that way. So his headspace right now, I wonder about it a little bit. Um, you know, everything is still there. Yeah. All the ability, all the talent, everything is still there. It's just one of those those periods I think, you know, sometimes you see young players go through where it's like, man, I thought it was going to be this. I mean, you could even say that happened with Matt Abike maybe a year or two ago. It was, just, you know, came in with the hype, supposed to be this, and it and it it doesn't go that way. I mean, I hate to say it, but there's a little bit of that sophomore slump that you, you know, you used to see all the time. And maybe it's just a little bit bigger now because we're coming off of a COVID year was his first year, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's one of those guys who just didn't, you know, didn't have time. Hadn't had time. Yep. They've been asking him to do way too much when he first got here. Then he got hurt. And then this year. We need you to be A, B, and C. <laughs> and he was like, cool, I'll do this. And, you know, people want to dog him out now, but I don't think he he's one of those other guys. Like, he took the biggest hit early this year to get this team to where it is right now. His ability to make it work, to make everybody else not to have to be out of position, is the reason why this defense is in the position that it is now. 
He allowed Bowser to get healthy. He allowed them to get JPP up to speed. He allowed Houston to be out for a couple weeks after he pulled his groin. Like, he has been the only consistency on the outside for weeks. Mm-hmm. And now you want to kind of put him to the side because he's not producing. Yeah, you can do that. But he did what he needed to do, what the team asked him to do to get them here, which is now with a healthy Houston, with a healthy JPP, now with a spring in his step, Mr. Bowser, who is now, he looked a heck of a lot more explosive coming off the edge against Pittsburgh. So now you got options. And oh, by the way, you got a big dog sitting in the in the in the, in the house, just gnawing on raw meat. Let me play. <laughs> let me show you why you invest. Like, let me go. And they're like, we can't. We don't got space for you yet. We got we got to make space. Yeah, gotta figure this out. I mean, they they've got a nice rotation, you know, working with the guys that yeah. they have right now. Yeah. Because you mentioned, you know, we've gone through all of the guys, but you think about. Uh, Away, you think about Houston, you think about now Bowser, like you mentioned, you think about JPP. Um, you know, you got all of these guys coming off the edge, and then you know, sometimes they're moving them inside, sometimes they're running games, they might start outside and they're coming inside, or vice versa, start inside, go outside. So, you know, you've got this nice little group of guys that you can just roll through there, which is which is ideal. Um, you know, I always felt that about San Francisco. Uh, 49ers, their D-line the last couple of years. Obviously, it starts with Bosa. We know he's a real deal. But they would always just have, like, this group of guys that they could just roll through fresh rushers, you know, throughout the game. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think the Ravens, you know, are kind of in a good place with that group right now. And then, like you said, you know, still got a Jabo, you know, that guy who who showed, you know, some, some freaky uh, <laughs> traits and, and pass rush yeah. ability in college, you know, so there's still going to be probably an opportunity for him at some point. They're yeah. going to want to see him on the field. You know, there's, you know, they've, they've been really, I, I whether you like patient. it or not. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, let's say they, they've been patient and cautious with these ramp up periods for guys this year. Um, you know, whether it's guys who miss time, you know, through training camp and early the season or guys who had injuries in season and, and have taken some time to come back, you know, name your guy, JK, Mark Williams, you know, whoever. They've mm-hmm. not rushed anybody right back in. Mm-mm. And, you know, depending, like I said, you can you can feel how you feel about it because I know people look around the league and see other teams and they're bringing guys in on Tuesdays and they're playing on Thursdays, you know what I mean? So uh, right. I get it. I get it. Uh, but I, I think that. They know, figured what, it out what happened last year is still weighing pretty heavy on them uh, in terms of the injury thing. So, you know, I think they're trying to do what they think is right. Um, Absolutely. And we should, we should give them credit. Yeah. We should give the whole organizational credit because we sit here at this moment in time with a Ravens football team who is nine and four, who is about as healthy particularly on defense, that they've been in five years. Oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> in five I years. Mean, you'd have to go back to 19. Kyle Fuller. Yeah. You'd have to, you'd have to go back to 19. Missing, you're literally just missing Kyle Fuller. Mm-hmm. 
but yet you've added JPP. You've added Raekwon, you know, Roquan Williams. Well, Roquan Smith, excuse me. You've, you've added those pieces. So, in essence, you're better than what you thought you were going to be early on in the season. So now you have a full squad basically back. You got Marcus Williams back. You got a full, like, I don't want to hear any more complaining about this team not staying healthy. You got what you wanted. You got a full team that's healthy. Yeah. Going into the stretch of December. Here we go. What you going to do with it? It's, it, it's and we, we, we kind of talk about it in, in the chats we have and things along that sort. Here's that moment in time for John Harbaugh. You're going to get your franchise quarterback probably back for Pittsburgh. If you win against, if you win against Cleveland, you, you may stretch it. Who knows? You may even give him four weeks. They screw Pittsburgh, you know, have him yeah. play the following week. Yeah, I but, need him for the Bengals at a minimum. I need him for the Bengals. <laughs> right. You'd like him to have a couple games in his belt before he went into the regular season. Whatever that might be. Your offensive line is going to be intact. You're just missing Bateman, who really hasn't done anything in two years. Let's be honest. A lot of potential. But dude some flashes. For, There's been some flashes. Had, yeah, but he didn't play for two years in college, in essence. And he's going to step on an NFL field and go 200 miles an hour. Injuries. You you see, you know what I'm yeah. – and you talk about ramp-up time. That is a perfect example. Dude should have had – should have been eased back into the fold when they drafted him. But they didn't understand that then. They understand yeah. that now. They understand it now. <laughs> yeah. At a, at, a, at a different different head athletic trainer uh, back then. Now, I know right. strength and conditioning coach is still around, but that's a different story. Different um, story. But I but like you that. Look at it, you look at their, the rest of the squad, you now have a healthy JK. Well, a getting healthy JK. Yeah. A better version of Gus than you thought you were going to get back. You've got Kenyon Drake, who is a pretty good safety net to have, as long as, as well as Justice Hill. You're – Tight ends are as healthy as they've been. You actually sit Nick Boyle, who you thought was going to be necessary coming into this year. Yeah. What are you missing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. You can't really talk about it, not honestly. I mean, you really can't be honest about it if you just – you know, you just want to bitch and moan. Sure, you can always do that. But if you want to do it and be honest about it, uh, everything that you just said really is true. And this is what people wanted. This is what everybody is, wanted. Right. And this is an indictment on John Harbaugh. Here you go, buddy. This is, and you, you can say without a shadow of a doubt, this is the best football team the Ravens have had Probably since 2014. Because that team was pretty good if Jimmy Smith doesn't get hurt in the playoffs. Yeah. That team probably wins the Super Bowl that is if a good Jimmy team. Smith doesn't get hurt. That was, a good, that was a good team. The other thing I wanted to say, though, about this, and then, you know, we'll we'll go to the linebackers. Yeah. But um, in addition to this approach, patient, ramp up everything, is their practice approach, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always been some level of giving guys vet days. That's not a new thing here. But I think these individual plans 
Uh, and I think they've probably done that to some extent too. But, you know, there's there's weeks uh, going into game week where certain guys, they might only be in walkthrough. They may not practice at all, you know, yeah. in, terms of, in terms of full practice because that's not what they need. <laughs> you know, at this point in the season, that's not what they need. A guy like JPP, that's not what he needs. You know, he's been in this league long enough. He knows what he needs to do out there. He knows how he has to take care of himself and get his body back right throughout the week if you give him, you know, the time to do that and the space to do that. So I like that they've been doing that with certain – because it's not everybody. You know, there's certain guys no. that are out there that are practicing every day. Everybody's got a different need. Yeah, and I know this word has been banned in the NBA because I have not seen it in like two years. But load management. Load management. There it is. Load management. <laughs> That's but it. it's true in the NFL, though. Yeah. If that dude, like, perfect example, like JPP, he went out there and had 40 snaps. His 40 snaps may be a heck of a lot different than Marcus Peters' 40 snaps. So, you can't manage them the same. Right. So, that's where computer science comes in. Can You know, sports science. That's why they wear those, those, those. The catapults, yeah, the trackers. Yeah, trackers. You track that load management. He's, you know, at the end of the game, he's at 108% overload. And his typical recovery, if he's at 100% load, takes him down to 75. Guess what? He's going to need an extra day. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. Yeah. So you can see the difference for people that may have heard Derek Wolf's comments about what it was like last year. And I, and I, you know, I have no idea, but nope. this is, this is different this year. So yep. maybe there was some validity to the things he was saying, essentially saying that, you know, Harbaugh grinds dudes down, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the regular season and really particularly like the first quarter of the regular season. Uh, and it, it's hard, you know, to maintain that throughout the course of the season. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've seen, a different approach this year. I well, think. It, yeah, and it's probably contributed to a little bit of that up and down we saw at the beginning of the year. They'd be explosive one week and look like somebody threw a brick on their chest because, <laughs> <laughs> because he didn't ramp them up for the first part of the season. You try to get off to a great start and be five and one, but then middle of the season, you're, you know, you go two and four and everybody's looking around like what what happened everybody's hurt you're beat up like so you get the up and down early in the season but what that product produces is this opportunity opportunity to be possibly a two seed maybe get lucky and get a one seed you want to peak at the right time you want to peak at the right time they've all said it um look at buffalo like yeah. I said, they're, they are they yeah. are running on. I want to say empty. I think they got a quarter tank left. Like, whew. it's been tough. That is, it's been. It, it's like, and that's one thing I want to, before we go into linebackers. I want to address this a little bit with in terms of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. This little idea of we don't give weapons to people. We don't give weapons to our quarterback, whatever that might sound like. Well, 
The Ravens have always built on a philosophy of running the football and playing defense, me and Tough. This is what we do. Josh Allen is in a situation, and if you got to look at it kind of objectively, he's in a situation where his offensive line is bad, doesn't have a running game, everything relies on him. Yes, he's got Stephon Diggs, but what else does he have? We saw that wasn't enough in the playoffs last year to beat Kansas City. And it wasn't enough to beat Cincinnati or whatever. You know, they didn't get where they wanted to get last year. So what's different with them this year? You can, I can't you say. Can talk, yeah. you, you talk about ro- roster construction and everything of the sort. What's different? They had to pay two guys on offense exorbitant amounts of money. There ain't nothing left for everyone else. <laughs> You can't be a good football team. If Josh Allen went down tomorrow, do anybody in Buffalo believe they could win? It's I, a wrap. Yeah. It's, no it's one's going to think about that. It's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, right. So it's let's go to Kansas. Let's go to Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, all world, does everything. Can make the magical throws, can make the whirly dervish. But let's look at it objectively. Why does a man have to make blind, one-handed, juggling <laughs> throws and make the spectacular look easy? Why? His offensive line is not very good. He can't run the football. And the only weapons he has is an aging tight end who's costing them about $15 million against their cap, which is why they couldn't keep Tariq Hill. So, once again, Kansas City gets to the playoffs. This MO worked a couple years ago because they won the Super Bowl. But since then, have they gotten to the Super Bowl and won with that same formula? No. And their their defense is Swiss cheese on a good day. I'm sorry, they still can't stop a bloody nose in a run game. You saw that against Cincinnati. Cincinnati just gouged him in the run game for no reason. And we know Cincinnati's offensive line is not great. No. So then we sit here with Lamar Jackson. And we all can say he has a very good offensive line when they're all healthy. Pretty good backs. When they're all healthy. (laughs) When they're all healthy, which they are now. Yeah, getting there, getting there. Getting there. You have a a Pro Bowl tight end. And you have the man, the myth, the legend, who's guiding them. He has more opportunities. Yes, it's not flashy. He can't throw it outside. But if you really look at it, he's got the better offensive personnel. The problem is it's a scheme, and we all, that's just a different Mm. story. Mm. But Lamar has a better 
offensive personnel around him. And we just saw the last two games. Without him, they won two football games. I don't think Kansas City wins football games without Patrick Mahomes. Now this goes back to, now, do you pay him 200, at least $250 million guaranteed money? Are you willing to take that chance for him? He may have been the guy before, but now you've built a team. I'm not saying they can like live without him, but they're kind of proving it right now. Boy, you really trying to start some stuff. I'm not, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to start anything. I'm just looking at the reality of what's in front of them right now as an organization. They're gonna pay Roquan. There's no question about that. They ain't letting that man out the building. They're questions. And they have not been answered yet. I don't care what the media says. You, we always talk about love in this world. Words over action. Someone can tell you they love you every day, it's week and twice on Sunday. But if they're hanging out at the club with the boys or the girls on Friday and Saturday nights, is that really love or are they just telling you what you want to hear? Because mm. the action would be they'd be home studying with you. They'd be home sitting on the couch with you or I don't know, maybe take you out to eat or whatever. You got to bring something to the table that someone wants to pay for. Mm. You may be good. You may be great in certain moments. But we've talked in the show before, and the defense has finally gotten to that point. Got to be consistent in this league. That's what it's all about, you know. Uh, I'll throw my little two cents in and we'll move on to the linebackers. But I, I've I've always said, we know he can do the spectacular. Now can you do the mundane? <laughs> that's that's what I that that's been the next level of growth and maturity in his game to me. Like that mm-hmm. that's kind of you know what I've been wanting to see. The consistency to do the routine things at an extraordinary level. We know you can do the rare things extraordinarily mm-hmm. can Absolutely. you do the routine can you do the routine things at an extraordinary level right whatever whatever the situation whenever the situation calls for it you know and, and we're primarily talking about the passing game we know we don't, we yep. don't really have any any issues with him in the run game um, no. can you drop back can you use the correct and consistent footwork in your drops can you go through your progressions can you get the ball out to where it's supposed to go can you identify pressure pre-snap and get the ball to where it's supposed to go accurately can you do those things we know you can move around extend plays make crazy throws we know you can do all of that and you need that you need that there are going to be times in games where you absolutely need that where everything else is broken down you can no longer do the routine routines out the window (laughs) right so now we need the playmaker but we know we have the playmaker that's never been in question right now i need need 
Yeah. I need consistent. I need a guy on a drive who's just going to hit what he's supposed to hit. Let me get my free 14 points as a coordinator. After that, yeah, I'm going to call some bullshit, but that's why I pay you. <laughs> Overcome coaching. <laughs> you got to overcome coaching. And of course, we understand he can't do it alone. Um, no. We know those, no. those, that's the, the flip side of the coin. And that's out there too is that, you know, there's, there's folks on that side who say, well, man, we, we're going to blame Lamar for everything. It's not about blame. You know what I mean? Everybody's got a job to do. Everybody's complicit in this problem. <laughs> Everybody's got a job. But he but he not being consistent, having an offensive coordinator who's inconsistent consistently <laughs> is not a good match. <laughs> yeah. So there's that part of it for sure. There's yeah. there's the offensive I'm coordinator. Sorry to get part. on that show, but that's no, no, no. That's that that's hey. That one irritated me this week when people were saying how much it, it's just one of those arguments. I'm just like we're not looking at this from a high level. Like his yeah. offensive personnel is better than both those teams. Well, you know, in terms of not in overall talent. I'm not saying in top end talent, like, oh, they got Steven Diggs. Yeah, you top yeah, to bottom. They got top to top bottom. bottom. You put it all together in a box. That team offensive personnel is better than Kansas City's, better than Buffalo. Yeah, and I've I've always felt like the vision and the plan was one that I could understand, right? I think the part that you could be probably fairly critical of, and this is more difficult though, people always talk about the wide receiver thing, particularly the free agent wide receiver. How come we don't have an A.J. Brown? Philly trades for A.J. Brown. How come we can't trade for A.J. Brown? You know, those kinds of things. Look, this is not Madden, right? This is the NFL. You can't just trade for whoever you want to trade for. You can reach out to different teams and propose different, you know, scenarios. But if they don't want to do the deal with you or they don't, they don't like the compensation, then it's, it's not going to happen. But if you look at what they've tried to do on offense, purely from the draft perspective, set aside for agency for a minute. Cause like I said, there's, there's extenuating circumstances to that. It's not, it's not that easy. Uh, you drafted Hollywood Brown, you drafted Rashad Bateman, you drafted Devin Duvernay. Drafted J.K. Dobbins. Gus was an undrafted guy, but he's developed into, you know, a, a legitimate running back in this league. You drafted Mark Andrews. Ronnie Stanley was already here, so that kind of predates Lamar when he came in 2018. But you took um, Orlando Brown Jr. And he became, you know, one of the better young tackles in the league. He's gone. I know Hollywood's gone. But I'm just talking about the plan. If you mm -hmm. look at what the plan was, and you think about all of those names I just mentioned, it's a pretty decent offense, right? You talk about firepower, you talk about weapons, and it would have been a young offense. <laughs> yeah. All these, all these guys growing up together in the system. To, that's what I'm saying. You can see the plan, regardless of how you feel about Giro. It was consistency a coordinator. He wasn't in one of these situations with other young quarterbacks who have five different coordinators in four years. It was all about consistency. It was all about surrounding him with talent. We talk about first round pick wide receivers, two up, right? And mm -hmm. even in Hollywood, you know, second round running back, J.K. Dobbs. So this is this is high end talent in terms of the draft capital that you're investing to get it. 
Now, has it played out? No. But again, no. that's the plan. We're talking about the plan. We're talking about the vision. Right. Now, and, in reality, it didn't play out that way. Well, in reality, you have to look at it as you had a team in mind, right? You mm-hmm. drafted those guys, a young core, right? We all knew that whole core wasn't going to stay together. From the day they were drafted, you were crazy to think that whole core was going to stay together. Something was wrong with you. Why? Because it's the NFL. Guys going to want to get paid. Guys going to want to do this. But Eric DaCosta had a plan, like you said. If this guy becomes bigger than what we think he's going to be, Orlando Brown Jr., Guess what? We're going to make a trade. We're going to make a trade. We're going to take those picks and we're going to flip them on defense. Yeah, we move on. Boom. All of a sudden now you got Justin BK, you got Brad Roderick Washington. Guys you wouldn't have had on your squad. Get Kyle Hamilton. Get Kyle Hamilton. Now you got Hollywood Brown. Guy doesn't want to be here anymore. Okay, best. How am I going to best use that? Well, I'm going to trade that asset. Now I have my starting center that I'm probably going to pay for the next 10 years. No reason why I wouldn't pay him at this point. Centers, you can pay them however you want to pay them. That, that's easy. They're not going to ask again. Whatever. But you are maximizing. If you're not going to get it from the pick, you're going to get it from the compensation. If you ain't going to get it from the compensation, then you're going to get it from the vet that you got from the compensation that you moved on from. And that's what they've done. That's how they build out the roster, which is you're not going to roll through to the Super Bowl and your offensive group age average is under 25. Like, come on. <laughs> Let's be real. But if that number is closer to 28, you got a Moses Morgan, you got, you know, Moses on the side, you got Kevin Zeigler, you've got a, 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 a better version of Andrews, now you've added Deshaun Jackson, you've got Demarcus Robinson. They're not household names in a sense, but they're mature. They know where they're supposed to be. They're going to be consistent. You're not going to be like guessing where they're going to be. They're going to be hot and cold. Is Hollywood going to Short arm a ball across the middle. Where all you gotta do is stick out a little more and curl his body and take the hit. Demarcus Robinson's gonna do that. Deshaun Jackson's gonna do that. It may hurt. He actually may get injured, but guess what? He made a very important play. Were those guys gonna do that? There were a lot of circumstances that allowed them to do that, and they were unsuccessful in in showing their actions that they were going to be what was necessary here to compete for the Super Bowl. Those players are good players, but they're not going to help this team win a Super Bowl. No, it's like Mike T always says. I want volunteers, not hostages. (laughs) If you don't want to be here, (laughs) then we don't want you to be here either. (laughs) You know what I mean? We want people who want to be here and want to be a part of this. And like you said, it's no, it's no ill will. It's no hard feelings. No, you know, it's, it's the business part of it. If we can work out a deal that works for both of us, 
um, we'll make that happen. And then you can go and have uh, a different opportunity and maybe, you know, get what you want and, and play in a system that you want to play in and get your money. And, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll take those picks and we'll, we'll select players that we think fit what we want to do guys who we think want to be here and, um, you know, we'll keep it pushing. So yep. that's just, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. But anyway, like I said, that, that we, I, I, I took us even further off, off the path, <laughs> but um, you can argue whether you agree with the plan or not. Certainly. Right. Mm -hmm. We can always do that, but you can't argue that there was a plan. I don't, I don't think there's any argument that there was a plan. You may not like it, but there was a plan. <laughs> and like we, like we said earlier in the show, this is the best team they've showed up with in eight years. Cross the board. So let's get back to these linebackers. Because <laughs> we're going to do linebackers and we're going to do secondary. Because yeah. uh, there was a lot to talk about in these two groups. I mean, a lot of, a lot of big plays on defense. Uh, happened here. So we start with linebacker. I mean, right off the top, your two inside linebackers both come away with picks uh, in the same game. You know, not not something that you see very often. I actually would have to look that up. I wonder how, how many times I, that, that, that's happened. It, it don't don't happen much. No, it, seem, <laughs> it seems pretty rare. But in addition to that, obviously those are the splash type plays, but, you know, they show up in the run game like we talked about earlier. Defensive line does their job, keeps those guys clean. They show up. Um, coverage even aside from the picks you know just kind of being where they need to be um you know maybe a guy does catch a ball in space but they rally and tackle so you know it's 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 almost getting to the point where you're like hey this is this is almost par for the course right this is this is i know Roquan hasn't been here that long but you're almost just expecting like okay that's what this is gonna be now because yeah. you know what you get out of him and you also get to see every week now the influence he has on PQ. 110%. That he had, Mr. Smith has, has had the settling effect on this defense that has been begging since Mosley left. Someone who can come into the huddle and say, We're, are we done? Let's play. And that's all you got to say. Guys look around like, yep, all right, let's lock it in. Let's go. Like, you don't come across those types of guys. And he, like you said, he's made clean, play up to the level that we thought he was, you know, always going to play. I will say this. There are a few things they both need to clean up in terms of tackling. Mm. Um. And there's the one play in the red zone that they scored on him. I was a little, little upset with Mr. Mr. Smith. He knew better. He jumped the drag in front of him. And there was no reason for it. Hmm. He took two steps, two steps too many. He opened the window. Now Kyle Hamilton needs to know and have that awareness that he ain't gonna beat you outside. He had not beat you outside all day. They've been running that route. They just ran a little bit closer to the end zone so you could cut it across your face instead of go behind you. So, little things like that, awareness. But all in all, you can't be mad at the result. Can't be you mad cannot. At the result at all. 
Again, I, and I, I shouldn't leave out um, the impact those guys have as pass rushers. Yeah. Because they, they get their number called. And, um, you know, speaking of that, um, I'd have to look up the dude's name. I'm blanking on his name now, the running back for Pittsburgh 30, not Harris. I know Najee Warren. Harris. Warren. Hey, Warren. that dude, that boy will stick That's his face in the fan, boy. <laughs> Woo! When, when, when Butts pick up period in practice in college, and uh, particularly in college, when, it, when, it, when that horn sound, they said Butts pick up, I guarantee linebackers didn't want to deal with him. Yeah, because he no. will stick his face in that fan. No. You you took you decided to rush him on the outside shoulder. You didn't you didn't want to meet him nose to nose. <laughs> yeah. Credit, credit do you know, credit where credit is due. Uh and you know, those those are battles and they can go back and forth. You know, sometimes running back comes out uh a little better on it. Sometimes a linebacker does, but you know, he uh he he showed me something, you know, on some of those rushes. So uh just a little shout out to him. Um Indeed. secondary. Now we talked about Marcus Williams again. First game back, interception. Okay, this man yeah. does what he does. <laughs> okay, he does. Why, why you get what, paid the big bucks? He does. Make, me look, make my coach look better. He does <laughs> what he does. We talked about it going back to when he was healthy in the early part of the season. His range, his instincts. Uh, you know that's like you you said it. That's why he got the bag that he got. And look, that's something that the Ravens have consistently, this goes beyond EDC. You can go back to Ozzy. They're going to pay for safeties. <laughs> for this is what they've done. This is what they've done. And, you know, and I think people sometimes will say, well, why, you know, they spend all this money on the secondary corners, particularly on safety. I mean, to me, it's always been pretty simple. Now they didn't pay for this guy that drafted him, but when you have a read, you get the ultimate example of what arguably one of the best safeties, maybe the best center field safety in the league can do for a defense. And so you, you're always valuing the importance of that kind of player in your defense. So I get why they chase it. I get it. <laughs> I totally I, get it. I, I, would, I would chase him and, and pay the bag <laughs> twice on Where's the comedian thighs? I'm in church yeah. today. I'll pay that. Yep, yep. Because they've that. seen it. They've seen it. Yeah. You know, they've seen it first. Same thing with Ray. They've seen yeah. the value of that backer on the inside who can control a game and dominate a game and make everybody around him better. Now, those are rare guys. I'm not saying you're you're going to find those guys again, but I understand why they value, you know, like Ozzy used to say, be strong up the middle, you know? Well, think, well, think about if they're able to re repay Rokon, if they're able to resign Rokon, think about what's going to be up the middle for the next, Two to three years. It's pretty good. Not a BK. <laughs> Roderick Washington. Young Travis Jones. Travis Jones. You can't forget about him. Roquan, because they're probably not going to be able to pay clean. They're going to have to make a choice. But you're going to have Roquan and Marcus Williams. And Kyle Hamilton down the middle. I don't know about you, but that's how the defense I want to kind of build around. That's easy. I can find corners to build around that. Yeah. I can yeah. find rushers. And oh, by the way, I got young rushers outside. I got like, about, you know? Yep. I, I got people. I won't have JPP back, back and I won't have Houston back next year. But guess what? I got to go to bed eating raw meat. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I got behind these. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Again, you can see the plan. 
you see can the see the plan. You can see the vision for how they want to construct both sides of the ball. I always say, you can argue with the plan. You may not like it, and you may have your reasons why you don't like it, but you can never say there is not a plan. You look around the league, other teams, it's like, oh, they're doing this, they're doing that. Wait a minute, now they, you know, next season they totally go in the opposite direction. There's not a clear plan. No. Can't see it. You can see and it. I, yeah. With this thing. I mean, and you can see. I know Humphrey had a a, a yeah. I was going to get to him. Day. Was, was he had a, a rough shaky. day. He said it but, himself. But here's once again. Here goes back to film study. Corners is the ones who are affected the most when a quarterback is changed. Because that's what they've watched all week. Yep. They've watched his trajectory. They've watched the ball come out of his hands, his tendency, his drive foot, how he turns his shoulders, all those little twitch things that you're like, okay, if I see one of those, that's a key to me. I can jump. That's how interceptions happen. So now you have a dude, veteran guy, who you haven't really seen in nine weeks. You don't know how they're going to call it, but also you don't know his strength how he can throw a deep ball. You don't know what they're going to do. So the back shoulder throw, I don't think Pittsburgh does that with Kenny Pickett. And then the other one was just a dime, like you yeah. said in our Credit. pre-call. Yeah, tip your hat. Yeah, it's a dime. <laughs> like, okay. Tip, tip your hat. He's an NFL quarterback. Yeah. Those are the kinds of throws that those guys get paid to he make. Was a former, he was a former first-round pick. I don't yeah. care what you say. Yeah, so, you know, that is what it is. And like you said, the back shoulder thing, you know, with Pickett – if you hadn't seen that on film, then you're probably thinking, I can stay on top of my guy. Yep. I don't have to worry about back shoulder. I got to stay on top, right? I can react to anything else. And then money-making Mitch comes in, and you're like, okay, this dude throwing back shoulder timing balls, which is nearly impossible to defend anyway if it's thrown, yeah. you know, on, you know, with the right placement where it's supposed to be in on time. Damn near can't stop it anyway unless you're in trail. Uh, and you got somebody over the top where you know you can stay under and, and almost anticipate. So that's almost like playing A-Rod. Like, you know when you're playing him, the back shoulder's yeah. coming at some point. Yeah. You're watching Kenny Pickett, you're like, that, that dude ain't throwing that ball. <laughs> no, he ain't throwing that ball. He ain't throwing that ball off. But so. the, one thing I, the one thing I did notice with Marcus Williams back in is no one went after Peters. They didn't go after Peters. Hmm. You know why? Because <laughs> he can get over the top. Got that eraser. That eraser that back eraser to him. Now. And dude yeah. can just sit there at seven, eight yards and like, try me. Yeah. You want to throw the hitch? I'm going to guess on one of these. And I'm probably going to win. Yeah. Those hole shots that they throw, you know, if Peters was, whether it was covered to by design or he saw something and was jumping something, mm-hmm. and throw that hole shot. Uh, you know, along the sideline behind him and in front of Chuck or in front of Gino. Like you said, that wasn't on the menu. Because Marcus Williams, Marcus Williams can get to that ball. Uh yeah. so you 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 take that off the menu. So, you know, hey, look, it's gonna happen in this league at corner. You're gonna have those games. Uh, I'd say most people would agree by and large, Humphreys had a really nice season, mm-hmm. um, especially bouncing back from last year. And so, you know, those games are going to happen. You gave up 14 points. That's it. Hard to be mad. (laughs) You gave up 14 points. Hard to be mad. Hard to be mad. But that that shows you what, you know, your your level of complaint 
is you complaining about those plays because there ain't a whole lot else to complain about. You no. didn't give up many points. No. So uh, <laughs> you're down to these individual Genius plays. Genius statement right there. Yeah. Genius statement right there. Oh, that's it. You, you're all, you're all, there's, there's no room to be mad about anything else. So you're like, oh, look at this 30-yarder. Oh, look at this. Look at that. And yeah. those are big plays. And obviously, he doesn't want to give up those plays. But did they score? Did we keep him out of the end zone? Or, you know, in the times that they did score, did we did we put the did we put the lid on after 14? Yeah. That's it. That's it. Any more points? Nope. You know? What did Calais Campbell say? You gotta earn everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Everything, including your field goals. <laughs> you got to earn them all. No points come easy. Uh, I, and so, I don't like wanna, I said, you you could tell he was he was on a different level. The volume got turned up for him on that game. Oh yeah, I don't want to sound like a you know living in the past, but this has not in not the same like crazy nonsense that was going on. But doesn't this have a little bit of a feel of two thousand when the offense just couldn't do? Couldn't they went do through anything. that streak. Yeah, <laughs> but they would. Where was Matt Stover? Matt Stover was Matt the only Stover. reason they were winning yeah. games. 15, 12, 15, you know, 15, like 12, three, like we just went in game 16, three, all field goals. You just like, if this offense, just give me 21. And that was with their starting quarterback. We, we were yeah. we a backup right now. <laughs> and that defense back then, they were like, give us, give us 14 points. You give us 14 Is points it, on offense. We'll win the game. My, I, I saw a documentary. Maybe the thirty thirty when they said all we needed was ten all we needed was ten points against I think it was uh was it the Raiders or was it the game before the Raiders? No, it was a Raider game. Okay. The week the the that Monday morning meeting, I think Goose went in or Ray went into the offensive meeting and said something to Trent, like all we need is ten points. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You, you imagine being an offensive guy and the defense 10. walks in, all we need is 10 points this week. What? <laughs> Against Rich Gannon in that offense? Y'all just need 10 points. Give me 10. Yep. <laughs> That's all we need. <laughs> Get us 10 and we'll, and we'll we'll win the game. We'll win the game easy. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy but, to think about this how good that defense has, was. But this defense may not have the names and stars on it, has that ability to lock down all the way across the board. And as this weather gets worse and worse, where are you going to have to come to? Middle of the field. Where are you strongest right now? Down the middle. Yeah, really go, going – Really going back to that Saints game, aside from the Jaguars, you know, the Jaguars, they they got loose in that fourth quarter. Going back to the Saints game, they gave up 13, gave up three to the Panthers, 28 to the Jaguars. Again, we said they got loose. Nine to the Broncos, 14 to the Steelers. So you're talking about a five-game stretch there where you didn't give up more than 14 once, but but once, one time. And, and that once you gave it up was from a team who was coming off of a bye who basically reconstructed their offense. So you really didn't know what the heck was going on in that game. Yeah, I mean, credit where credit is due. Like I said, they 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 did what they needed to do and yep. made the plays they need to make. 
Ravens had opportunity to stop them, but no excuse. Hey, no, Tony Dungy, that's what Antoine Bethay and uh, Darius Butler say on their podcast because uh, they were with the Colts when Tony Dungy was uh, coaching there. He used to always say, no explanations, no excuses. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. It okay? is what it is. Yes, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And so you accept it and you move on. But when you look at them really throughout the season, um, you know, they, they aside from Miami, and we know what that was, and aside from the Jags, let's see, Patriots got 26 on them, Bills got 23, Giants got 24. and, and They've not had look, a ton of 20-point games. No, and a caveat into the Bills game. If the right call is made in that two-minute drill on that third and five slant, yeah, yeah. Buffalo's never in that football game. Yeah. That was we, we don't like to complain about game. officiating, but sometimes that one call changed the entire complexity of that game. Yeah, sometimes the call is so out there, you, you have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Now the, 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 the loss to the Giants, okay. That that happened. That, that, that was Jaguars, and that was on them. That was on them. Yeah. Loss to the Jaguars, team got hot. Yeah. At home, you do what you do with that. Right. The Number Miami game, the Miami game. Sh- yeah. <laughs> that's one of Here's those. Yeah, that's that's one of those. Once every, you know, however many seasons, you know, you have one of those situations that happens. You learn from it. You move on, and you hope to never see it again for ten years or however long it is until right. time it happens. But it's. It's going to happen. And hey, we we found out after that game uh, for a number of games here until recently that the Dolphins were like that on offense. They were really like that. Uh, now they've they've kind of you know come back to earth here the last couple of games, but that's also the NFL. Everything mm-hmm. comes back at a certain they point. Catch up when you quit. <laughs> yeah. And I was I was looking at something today with uh, I think it was Orlowski and and Ryan Clark. They were breaking down what teams are doing differently to the to the Dolphins, they're not playing outside in anymore. They're playing inside mm. out. Mm. That simple change is taking everything away from the middle of the field. Yeah, because we know now Tua, you can't. Tua, Tua does not have the biggest arm in the world. <laughs> he, ain't, he can't get it out to the half. He can't get it consistently out to over past the half. So they've, they've taken away those hole shots down the middle. Now that's causing problems. They can't move the football. They can't run the football. Their offensive line is poor. Now you can't spread teams out because now they're going inside out. Yeah. Defenses will always adjust in this league. Give them enough time, give them enough film. They'll find and hone in on what you can and cannot do. And somebody will always come up with a plan. And then, you know, they'll also have the players. It always starts with that. But somebody will come up with something that works and then everybody else tries to copy. (laughs) That's just how it goes in the NFL until you counterpunch on offense and say, okay, how do we counteract, you know, this thing that they're doing against us that's really giving us some trouble. Um, You know, that's not to go back into it, but some people would make that argument about the Ravens offensive coordinator that he came out swinging in 19, knocking was out the box <laughs> and then they adjusted and he hasn't really had uh, a consistent counterpunch plan uh, since then. So, you know, kind of his argument. MO, kind of his yeah. MO over the course of his career. That's what they say. 
you can go back and talk to Bills fans and talk to 49ers fans, and they'll say, yeah, he'll come out the box hot, swinging, grooving. People can't stop it. And then after a season or two, people said, okay, we're going to take this away. We're going to take that away. We're going to make you do this. We're going to make you do that. I mean, look, some of this stuff is real, real simple, especially with the quarterback stuff with all the read stuff. He's going to make you hand the ball off. (laughs) I'm saying some of it is like conceptually. This is real simple. We're going to give you that give read, that give look. We're going to make you hand the ball off. And you're either going to hand it off and we're going to handle the inside run with, you know, the people we got in there. Or you're going to be stubborn and you're going to pull it and you're going to try to, you know, do your thing mm-hmm. and uh you know we'll, we'll we'll have we'll have we'll have people for that so see tennessee see tennessee 2019 yeah and that's what you get that's what you get with a coach in dps who's seen a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. right he talked about um going back to some stuff that he did when he was in college right his army navy days some old you know how they were defending options he talked about using some of that stuff in that game. Yeah. The stuff we haven't put on tape all year. No. Nope. I remember right. when I was in high school, we ran we we, we were running rough shot over people. We we introduced the triple option my sophomore year. Ran through people. Halfway through my junior year, we played uh No, halfway through my sophomore year, we played our arch rival St. Mary's. And at this point, we put 40 points up on people five games in a row, just steamrolling. Came up against them. Wow. They set up, they set up in a 6-2 monster and said, you just going to have to give football the entire day. <laughs> and we didn't score any points for like the fourth quarter when we like tricked them twice. But they took away our bread and butter because all they said was, we're not going to let your quarterback beat us. And we believe that we can put six in the box to stop your running game. And that's what they did. They had two on me and six in the box to stop the run game. You know, I don't know if you remember this. This goes back to 2018 when Lamar took over. They played the Raiders. They won that game. But after the game, Raiders had a coach, and I, I'm I'm reluctant to put – anything that looks like respect on this man's name. Cause I think he's a POS on many levels, uh, <laughs> but I give him this. John Gruden said the key to their run game, particularly once they get into their QB driven stuff is stopping their inside run. If you stop their inside run, you can control their running game. Cause we can force Lamar to give the ball, but if we can't stop those guys when he gives it on inside, it's a long day. <laughs> it's a long day at the office so he said was, even back then yeah that was 2019 18 that was 18 no, i'm saying but 2019 was in full effect where nobody could stop their inside run game until tennessee tennessee because dp's understood it mm-hmm. key i mean obviously he'd seen some of it <laughs> so <laughs> the key the key he understood the key is if you can stop that inside run game you can do things on the edges to make Lamar give the ball and then we shut it down inside or make him keep it and we'll just have two guys out there. Yep. And he's not going to beat two of us. No. So, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. So then how do you 
as an offensive coordinator, how do you counter when you see that that's what they're doing? Um, that can be a whole nother podcast, maybe yeah. several podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, yeah. Is there anything else that you want to hit on out of this Steelers game, or do you feel like we uh I think we're good to go that? there, sir? All right. I feel like we are too. All right. We got the Ravens at the Browns Saturday. It's a Saturday oh, game. Lord. So uh Lordy, you know, Lordy, adjust Lordy. adjust accordingly. No, it's it's not we're not on the normal Sunday schedule or even Monday night. This is this is a Saturday game. So Saturday afternoon, I believe, too. Four o'clock. Four o'clock game. So just accordingly, you and I were talking earlier about the Browns and how they've kind of been scuffling first couple of games with Deshaun back, but we do not want him to wake up this Saturday. <laughs> no, I, I hope I hope my my other idea comes true, which is five and eighteen. Just got beat up at home by a Bengals team that will just wasn't they. Everybody was hurt, and he mm. still got steamrolled. Still got gritted on. Still. Uh, <laughs> You're at home. You're back at home. It's a Saturday. It's a quick turnaround. You're like, oh, really? But then on top of that, you just put your best linebacker on in, in the reserve. He gone. It's going to be six degrees, and you're out of the playoffs. Hmm. <laughs> well, One of two on, things are going to happen. Well, they used to say on TNT, we go on fishing. <laughs> <laughs> we go on fishing. You, you either go on fishing or you you, you just a madman. Yeah. And we're gonna you, see which Cleveland Brown team show up. Yeah, you're just like, you know what? F these Ravens. We're gonna <laughs> yeah. we, may, we may not be going anywhere, but they but ain't going, going nowhere going either. <laughs> <laughs> which happens in that division. That yes. for sure happens for in that sure. division. People just get real salty. salty. Um so <laughs> we'll, salty. We'll, we'll yeah, we'll see if they if they pack it in and they they thinking about their offseason plans or if they're like nah, it, it don't matter when it comes to these Ravens. We got something. Yeah. 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 It's as simple as that. We better we better mess around and find out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, we've seen the chart. We've all seen the graph. <laughs> we know the equation. So uh, let's let's hope that that doesn't happen this Saturday. But hey, as always, appreciate people for tapping in. Um, you know, people have been interacting really all season with show on Twitter, you know, kind of tweeting at both of us and sharing different parts that they like. People clipping, you know, certain audio and sharing it that they like. So, you know, to me, I'm, I'm always and I know you are, too. We both are. We're all real, really always really appreciative of that because people are taking. Absolutely. Taking one of the most important things that they that they have, man. They're taking their time to listen, and uh, that says a lot. You know, it says a I lot. Mean, you could be doing you could yeah. be doing a lot of other things, <laughs> you know, but you're taking some time uh, throughout your day at some point to listen to us, and then to you know kind of give us some feedback or show some love. So, thank you as always for that. But uh, just hey, man, keep rocking with us. We we in the home stretch now, and. Uh, I hope we can take this thing all the way to January, you know, February, really for real, for real. February is my goal. Uh, that would be fun. That would be, that would be hella fun if we could be on for a ride like that. So uh, don't forget to like subscribe, share it everywhere. Tell a friend to tell a friend uh, y'all know the line by now, but in case you don't, we don't do no overtime. We are out of here.